Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good morning, church. All of you watching online, long weekend in May. How many of you thought about camping, but when you saw the weather, you decided to stay home? <laughs> I remember many years ago, I was uh, a youth pastor, and we decided to go camping with the youth. It was so crazy cold, it was unreal. And we decided to go for a swim, and there was this floating dock. I bet you that I beat any record, swimming record. I swam so fast, it was unreal. I can't remember jumping on the dock. I think I just flew up there. It was crazy. God is good, right? And uh, what a great time of worship. And last night when we uh, had our first service, I, there was this picture of uh, the crown of thorns. And uh, again, I was floored on how much we're loved by God, right? Uh, we, we, Sometimes we forget the, this crown of thorns. And uh, I had the privilege to go to Israel a few years ago, and uh, the guide was showing us the, the, these uh, thorns, and he was saying that that's probably these type of thorns that were on Jesus' head. And think about the love that God has for us is unreal. If you're here for the first time, or maybe you've forgotten how much you're loved, you're so deeply loved. Mm. I think about the song that uh, we can, where we're called to thirst for God, like we just sang. You know, the beauty is that if you're dealing with anxiety and fear and stress and can't sleep well at night or you're like there's a lot of worries in your life or in your relationships or you want to see a breakthrough in, in one domain of your life, we can approach God. We can experience his presence. It's, it's the beauty of experiencing his presence. You know, there's some Christians in some circles that they don't know what it means to experience his presence. And this is where John says in 1 John when he wrote this letter, what we have touched, what we have heard, um, we want to share it to you. And, you know, what a privilege we have to draw close to God. And because of the cross, we can, we can draw close to him, and we can receive healing, and we, we can receive his peace and his joy. So my, my sermonette before the, the message this morning is that you would be encountered by his love, and you would experience his presence. I challenge you to do that when you do life. I know life is busy. Take the time. <laughs> to smell the flowers, world, that means to stop and connect with God and experience his presence. And this morning was kind of a, a taste of that. Amen? I would ask you to stand. We'll go to his word. Father, I thank you for all of those watching online and for everyone here. We thank you for the privilege we have to draw close to you, that we can enter your courts, your chamber, mm, that we can touch you that we can experience you because the veil is open, because of Jesus that made a way. So, Lord, we, we just want to worship you today. We just want to draw close to you. All those that are going through struggles, stress, anxiety, I just pray that you would wash over them with your peace, that your presence would come over them, that they would experience you, a shelter in the storm, strength in, in times of needs. Yes, Father, we thank you so much that we're not alone. You've given us the Holy Spirit, and you're walking with us. Help us to see that. Help us to tap into the fact that you are with us, and you want to walk with us, and you want to get involved in our lives. So bless your people, Father. 
And Father, we come to your word. Uh, we want to hear what you have to say. And I pray that you would help me to um, deliver what you've placed on my heart. And I just pray for your spirit to come and speak beyond my words. We want to be uh, uh, topsoil. Our hearts wants to be topsoil to receive the seed, your word, what is needed to be heard for my life and for our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Amen. So we are in this series of the end times. And um, we try to impact it in a way that would be very... Um, Applicable, where we could put into action. And Brenton did a, a good expose on judgment. And you can't talk about the end times without talking about judgment. About the Bema seed of Christ, where everyone will stand. Where you have the, um, the judgment of the believer and the judgment of, uh, of the unbeliever. It's so, so important for us to remember that. That one day we will all stand before God and we'll have to give an account to God. And if you have Jesus in your life, well, Jesus is your advocate, the one that stands in your behalf. And we, Brenton preached on that last week. Uh, what I'm going to be preaching on, I wanted to preach, I wanted to preach this message next week. Uh, but I'm going to preach it today because I was excited to preach uh, on this message and I kind of put the one I was going to preach for next week. I'll be talking about different signs. I'll be talking about Israel um, next week. We'll be talking about the Israel of God and also the people of Israel and how does that look. But what I'd like to talk about today is uh, I'd like to talk on the great harvest that God has planned for um, in, the, in the end times. And uh, so I believe that we're... Um, we are up or we will see uh, a tremendous work of God as we see the end time unfold. And if you have your Bible, take a look at Matthew 24. I've been speaking mostly from Matthew 24, verse 12. It says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So we see here that before the return of Christ, there's going to be a harvest, or there's going to be a revival, or there's going to be a, a time where many will come to uh, the word of God, or, or, or the thought also that the word of God will be preached all over the nations. In verse 13, it talks about perseverance. And we know that when it comes to life, there's resistance. And one of the things that the believer needs to take a hold of is perseverance. Perseverance is a huge thing, right? Because when we look at life in any relationships, any relationship or whatever we're facing, there's always going to be obstacles. And so we got to learn to persevere. And this is why we receive the Holy Spirit, so we can tap into his presence and he walks with us. This is why we have the word of God, so we can abide into his word. This is why we're called to live a godly life, and this is why we're called to live in community, so that we can persevere together. But perseverance is a huge thing, and I think that in the society we live in today, there's not a lot of it. We seem to quit easy or drop the ball easy or throw the towel too quick. And so we want to grow in perseverance, and that's what Jesus is talking here, that we're called to persevere in him. In verse 14, it talks about the greatest promise that I think Jesus ever talked about was the great, well, for us, for our generation, there's many good promises, but one of the greatest promises of Jesus is to see the word being preached all over the world. 
If you look at Luke chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus gives another snapshot. He gives this uh, picture, this parable, this story about the harvest. I believe he was, first of all, talking about the unbelievers of the, or the Gentiles that were called to come to the knowledge of God. But it's also a snapshot of the end time. Look what it says in verse 16. Jesus replied with the story, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And then the banquet was ready. when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I just bought a field, so I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I, I just bought five pairs of oxen. He just bought himself a tractor, right? And he wanted to try it, try it out. Please, uh, please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. And the servant returned and told his master what they had said. And the master was furious and said, go quickly into the street and alleys uh, of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room. There's still room for more. In verse 23, so his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge everyone to find, uh, you find to come so that my house will be full. I think he's talking, first of all, to the Gentiles, but he's also talking, like I shared a few weeks ago, about types and antitypes. I think that's a type of the antitype of the end times where there's, there's going to be a harvest of souls. And um, we've never been where we are as, uh, as, human, uh, as, a, as a human race. We've never been where we are like today in the history of humanity. Never been like where we are. And I talked about that a few weeks ago. But when you look at um, technology, you look at this thing here. Uh, when I grew up, I didn't have that phone. And, and sometimes we look at technology or what is uh, available and we know there's some ugly stuff on it, right? You look at the addiction of pornography uh, where um, uh, we, we have access to everything on this gadget or on this, uh, on this phone. And you, you look at what this phone can do too. You look at the level of communication right now. Like, like I said, in history, we've never been in a place where we can reach the whole planet. We have a family here that, that comes on a regular basis and they sit in the front and they don't understand that English is not their mother, mother tongue. And they sit there and they, have, they use their phone on their lap for translation. They have instant translation. It's pretty cool, right? We could have never done that 10 years ago. It's unreal. So we are in a place when it comes to being able to preach the gospel all over the world. We've, we've never been there before. So, so that's the proof that we're getting closer and closer to the end. And, and the thing is, we need to realize that as we are heading in the end time, God wants to breathe life to the dry bones. God wants to move in a supernatural way. He wants to bring uh, he wants to, to send a revival. There's a lot of books that were written on it, the, uh, the end time revival. But I, I've, got to, I, I've got to realize that this revival, it's not disconnected with us. It's not something that will happen without our participation. And I believe that we need to realize that it's not, it's not going to happen for us just by watching it. I, I think that we're part of it. I think God wants to raise us up and God wants to work in our lives. So at the same time, we have this amazing promise uh, that there's going to be a, a worldwide revival. At the same time, when we look at the state of the church or what you read 
uh, on the state of the church right now. Um, there's a lot of writings or a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of people writing articles on, on the state of the church after COVID and the thought that the church will not recover from this season. And I've got to say it's not true. The church will recover. I believe it will recover stronger because we are the bride of Christ. And God is a God of covenant. God is a God of covenant. God never breaks his covenants. Never, never did, never will. The covenant he did, he did with, with Noah, uh, the covenant he did with Moses, the covenant he, that he did with David, the covenant that he did through the new covenant through his son, it's, a, it's, a, it's an eternal covenant where, where God will never walk out on his bride. And that's us. So, so when you look at us, we know there's a hope, and we know the, we know the end of the book. And we, when we look at the last chapter in the Bible, it says that the Spirit, the spirit and the bride, us, saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. So, so this, the bride is there. The bride is waiting for the return of Christ. And there's security in the bride because of the groom. And then you, you, you look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say, who, who do you think I am? What's your definition of who I am? Who do you think I am? And, and Peter says, you are the son of God, you're the Messiah. And he says, and I tell you, uh, you are Peter, and on this rock you'll build, uh, I will build my church. And that is on the confession of, of, of his faith, the confession that Christ is the, is the Messiah, that he's the son of God. And, and that's on what the church is being built. And it says, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it, or the gates of hell won't overcome the church. So, so even though there's wickedness, even though there's a lot of evil and there's a lot of tension and opposition, we need to know that the gates of hell won't prevail against this church. Amen? Can you tell your neighbor that you're a winner in him? We are victorious in him. Like I said, we know the end of the book. So it's important for us to realize that we're victorious in him. And not only that, the gates of hell won't prevail against this church. We find verse 19 where God delegates authority to the church where he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So here you see the authority that God has given us to go forward and to do the work of the ministry. So God empowers us to do his work, knowing that the gates of hell won't prevail against his church. So even though you might read a lot of neg ne negative articles on the church, this church is still the, the bride of Christ and is still victorious. And I believe that we're setting up, we're setting ourselves up, or God is setting us up for a, a world revival that is already starting and has to start in our own hearts. And, and so it's so important to see that. When we look at the possible world revival, it's more than something we wait for. It's not something that is disconnected from us. It's for us to respond to God's call. And, I and this is what I would like to share to you, my heart to, to yours today, is that we, we have to realize that God is calling us in this. As we're looking at the time, and as we're called to discern the time, as we can uh, admit and, and know that we live in a special generation, uh, like I said, uh, a there's no generation on the earth that has, has uh, there's not an, another generation like ours that have walked on the face of the earth. And, and so there's a lot of excitement. And, and when, even though when we look at sometimes the fear, when we look at the end times, it's really something positive. Because if God's going to breathe life and there's going to be a revival, I think that's pretty exciting, right? So when we look at the end times, it's a positive thing because we'll see Jesus 
come. But at the same time, I believe that we will see a breakthrough and we'll see an outpouring of his spirit upon the land. So I want to see that. And I've got to realize that God wants to work through me and you. And it's based on my availability and for me to realize what he's up to. Um, if I go back in November, uh, November of last year, I had the chance to uh, go to a church. I met a church leadership, and they wanted to, uh, they, had, they had questions in regard of our structure and, and how we did ministry. They had some questions when it came to our values and our practices and also our implementations. And, and so I had a great time with them. And there was another church that I didn't, I didn't expect to be there. There's another church that showed up, a leadership of another church that wanted to have more info uh, in regard of gospel mission. And so they were there. And again, like it was a whole evening of, of giving, uh, giving an expose at the same time answering questions. And um, this, uh, this elder board was uh, R from Morden, from the uh, Morden's EMMC church. And uh, after we've met in November and December, they gave me a shout and they wanted to meet with me. But at that time, it was too busy and I kind of postponed for January. In January, we met together. And um, they had a question. They were saying, is it possible to see GMC be in Morden? Is it possible to see what you're doing here be planted in Morden? So that was a big conversation where they wanted to become a daughter church of gospel mission where we would pastor, lead, and, and invest in their lives so that they would be fruitful and that they would be able to reach the community with our help and us walking with them. And so... For the, for the last few months, we've been talking with, uh, I've been talking with the, the leadership of, of that church, and, and um, actually I met the congregation, two congregational meetings that I've answered questions, I was with them. Last week, I wasn't here because I was speaking there, and last Tuesday, they took a vote on them, on choosing to or not to become um, uh, to come under our leadership, to, to be a daughter church of Gospel Mission Church. And they said yes. And so one of the things that we will be doing right now as we go forward, and especially in the fall, we want to uh, create a launch team, and we want to rebrand, and we want to uh, create a, um, what we want to see is we want to create a platform for the church to reach its community and to grow and to multiply. I think it's very exciting. Um, the first thought when uh, I, I met with them and they were talking about having our help and, and for us to moving in and to walk with them and to, and to lead them, I felt, I felt, well, I can't do this. I, I've got enough to do, right? There's so much that we're called to do here and we just came out of COVID and it was a hard season and you still have a few bruises and, and you say, okay, God, uh, um, so what do you want us to do? And, and, and this is where I was really hit by Acts chapter 16, verse 6. And, and for those that were at the last congregational meeting, I talked about that. It really gripped my heart. It talks about Paul and Silas that traveled through the area of Phrygia, Galatia, because the Holy Spirit has prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Just take a little pause here. Have you ever been in a place where you want one door to open up and it doesn't open up and you say, God, hey, you should open it up because it makes, just, it makes sense. And God says, well, wait a minute, I have another plan. I got something else that I want to do. And so, so what we want to be as believers is we want to be able to hear his voice, right? 
We want to be able to discern what he wants to do. It's important for us to realize that if there's an open door, it doesn't mean that it has to be entered. Or if there's a closed door, it doesn't mean that it's closed. We got to hear what God has to say. Sometimes there's an open door and it's not the right door we should enter. We should just say, hey God, what are you saying? And God has another door. And sometimes there's a closed door and we think that because it's closed that God won't open it. And you just got to wait a bit and it might open up. So here we look in this text is that they're doing the work of the ministry. They want to preach the gospel and God is closing doors. God, does God want to go into Asia? Absolutely. But not in this moment. He has another plan. So as believers and as a church, we want to discern what God wants to do. We want to hear his voice. So it's so important for us to know that God is a speaking God. As he spoke to Dave, uh, to Paul and, and Silas, he wants to speak to us. In verse 7 it says, Then coming to the border of Mysia, they, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Pretty cool, right? Cool, and we say, why? Because God has a plan. So instead, they went through Mysia and to the seaport of Troas. And that night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news, good news there. So you see, Paul is... Prevented to go here, prevented to go there, but then he has this vision. A Macedonian in his, in his vision says, come and rescue me. So, so when I had this call or when I approached or when I was approached by the church of Morden, it was for me it was a Macedonian call. God, you're calling us to make a difference. I've said many times in the past for those that have been attending for a while that one of our calling is to do church planting. But the reality is the landscape of our nation has changed drastically in the last years. It was already in motion, but it has changed rapidly because of COVID. And, and there's so many different needs right now in our nation. Uh, even our mission approach has to change because the problem is our land is now a mission field. Canada coast to coast is now a mission field. So we know that before Jesus is coming back, there's going, to be, there's going to be an awakening. And yes, we want to see the gospel being preached all over the world. But when we look at our own nation that is in need of the gospel like never before. Like I had the privilege to go to Saskatoon where uh, my son graduated from uh, the Horizon Seminary and Bible College. And I was talking to one of the leaders of, of a fellowship that was represented there and uh, from Manitoba in the eastern... Uh, uh, west, northwestern Ontario, and they were saying that out of 60 churches that they have, they have 17 empty pulpits. 17 empty pulpits. You've never seen that. And he was saying it's getting worse and worse. So that really rocks me when it comes to where we are as a church in general. I really believe that God is up to something and he wants to arise in his local church and I believe that he wants to arise in me and he wants to arise in you because I believe there's a lot of Macedonian calls right now. There's gonna be more and more Macedonian calls. For sure, we're called to discern and hear what the Spirit says to the church. But if I look at your life, I look at where God has planted you, if you start to listen and have an open heart, you will hear Macedonian calls. You will hear people calling, I need help, and I need help. And, and I, I believe that the season that we came out of really 
um, brought the clock to the right time or adjusted the clock on why are we here? Why are we here? Are we here to come only to sit and hear and go? Or are we here to respond to God's call even though we don't know exactly what to do? And that's how I felt when I was talking with the church in morning. I felt, okay, God, I know you're calling us to be an influence, and you've called us to reproduce. You called us to help others, but I, I, I can't. I, I don't have that ability. And God responds, it's not about your ability. It's about the call. And if you respond to the call, I will be faithful, and I will give you what you need to meet that call. But we need to realize this morning, and you need to realize, and I need to realize that there's a call upon our lives. And as we're talking about the end times, and as we're looking at the time that we live in, it's now, it's such a time as this. Really such a time as this. And, and so I just pray that in my heart and your heart that, that something would be stirred, that God would touch the strings of our heart where we would respond to the Macedonian call and we would say, God, how can I make a difference? What do you want me to do? And so, so right now we are embarking in this journey of, of helping churches, and I don't think it's just one, because when I look at the landscape of our nation, a lot of church after COVID are struggling, and I don't know if they will, will recover. And I believe our mandate is to raise up leaders. It's to raise up leaders. Our mandate, this is where the urgency uh, for me, is to raise up leaders. And as I was talking, one of the, uh, the director of the school, he was saying, oh, you're going to raise other leaders because we, Rose, uh, Tyrone is here. Good to see you, Tyrone. And, he, and the, he's, uh, he's involved in the Bible. He was hired by the Bible College in Saskatoon. But he was saying, are you going to raise more leaders? And I was saying, how do we speed track the, the discipleship? Because they went for three, four years. I was saying, how can we do this in two years? How can we uh, be mission-focused where we raise up other people? We have Jim Diaz. It's awesome when it comes to the next generation after high school. But what about the person that's 35 years old and knows he's got a call to go, but he doesn't have the finances, and because he's got four kids at home, and he can't go to Bible college because he can't do it, so, and he's missing on his, on, on his call, what are we called to do? To raise up Leaders so that churches would have pastors. And I just sense God's call. I hear this resonate in my heart. Claude, respond to the call. But I can't respond to that call without you. Right? You know, we, we are in an era also in the last decade that where nobody's going anymore. People throw money at it, but nobody's going anymore. Nobody's willing to go and I was talking to the staff about that. I'm just not following my notes right now, but I was talking with the staff. I was saying, how many of you are willing to go? And that, not that I want them to go, I want them to stay. But are, are we doing life with open hands? You know, this is a great place to, to live, Winkler and Morden. And, and, and Altona and Corman, southern Manitoba, it's so great. And, and it's, so, it's a great place to live. And, and here you have a lot of families and you're all close and you're all, you know, it's all beautiful to see. But what if God is calling you to step out and to respond to his call? God has not called me to a location. God has called me to himself. And I've got to respond to what he asked of me, whatever it is. It doesn't mean that we're all called to go to Zimbabwe or to move to Alberta or, 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 or Quebec. 
But it's to live life with open hands, realizing that God, in the last days, wants to raise us up to respond to his call. And now it's so evident. And I believe that we're behind the ball because it was already there beforehand because all the pastors that are 65-ish are all retiring. And because of COVID, it did speed up the process. And so what's happening right now, there's empty pulpits cross-denominational. So I'm, I think we'll have a lot of calls Hey, come and help us out. A lot of Macedonian calls. And, um, and I'm, I'm throwing this at you today to put yourself before God. To, when you invest financially in the house, we can do this. When you disciple the youth, the junior youth, young adults, uh, grow ministry, when you serve, it makes a difference. And also when you place yourself available with open hands to say, God, here I am. Whatever you want to do, I want you, whatever you want to do, I'm yours. I don't know how that's going to look for you, but I know that it's going to lead you. It might be staying here, it might be whatever, but you want to have this this availability where God has the right to poke your heart. That's what the church is all about. If church is only to come together and hear a sermon and experience worship, we have it all wrong, Right? Church is about responding to God's call, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. This is where we're called to obey and to live a life of surrendering, even though we got hurt. How many of you have been hurt in church? Like, so what do we do? Are we just going to step back and let that hurt control our destiny? No. You got to let God stir up our heart. You got to give room for God just to poke at your heart so that you can respond to God's call. It's so important, people, because as we're going forward, as we're talking about the end times, well, this is a season where God wants to bring a revival, but he's going to do it with us and through us, and we want to see that. So I believe that I have a part to play. You know, we're the body of Christ, and Paul gives this example. Imagine if the body would be an eye. Just think about that for a moment. I think it's funny, right? You see a big eye bouncing around, right? And he said, imagine if the body was a big ear. They'd say even funnier, right? See this big ear, a big, big ear just hopping around. Some have hair and, and, and some have bigger. You know, it's, it would be funny. But we're a body. And think about that. Jesus said we do, we'll do greater things than he did because of multiplication. Imagine if we come together and we, be, we become the body and he's the head. He's gonna do what he did through us and through me and you. I, I want to have this revelation, this illumination, this rhema in my heart that I'm the body of Christ. I'm a member. Can you tell your neighbor that you're a member? You're a member. You're a member of Christ's body and he's the head and he has a plan. It's a harvest, you see? And, and God wanted to use our resources, wanted to use our talents, our time, and he wants to flow through us and fulfill this great commission that we find in, in Matthew 28 to go make disciples of every, every nation. In Ephesians chapter 4, to prepare the people for ministry. And so this is what we're up to, and this is when we look at the great harvest, this is what God is bringing forward. He's awakening the church from its sleep. When we talk about awakening, it's not awakening the lost, it's awakening us. Like Keith Green said it very clearly, 
that the church is sleeping in the light. And I think whatever happened in the last few years shakes us up and brings a sense of urgency of why am I here and what is God calling me to do? And I I believe it's to respond to his call to embrace faith (laughs) and to say, yes, God, what do you have in store? Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 says, and it's not in the back, it says, Then he said to his disciple, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send our laborers into the harvest. That was the heart of Jesus. It's the same thing today. The workers are few. Too many people watching. Not enough doers. Not enough people taking, uh, opening their hands and saying, Use me for your glory. Finding all kind of excuses not to respond to God's call. I think it's so important for us to see that God is calling us. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. It just rips my heart when I see this. And for me as a pastor, I'm saying, I got to do something about it. We got to raise leaders. We got to invest. Mission is way more present now and here than ever before. So I invite you to do the same. I challenge you to put yourself before God and say, God, is there a Macedonian call around me at work, in my family, in my neighborhood? And like we're, we, we're, we, we're going to be uh, starting Love the Valley this, this week. So is there, who do you want me to reach, God? Who do you want me to ser- serve and love? But differently, that's my calling. And this is your calling, right? So we want to step in what God has in store. It's to embrace generosity and understand purpose and calling. That time is, is his and availability and the willingness to sacrifice and surrender. That's, for me, I had to cross that line. So when they approached me and said, hey, uh, would you like to come? Well, yeah, and no, <laughs> right? Yeah, because this is our calling. No, because I start to think about the cost and the sacrifice, you know? And I remember when I met with them at the congregational meeting and they had questions, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, I'm not going to go back home. (laughs) It's a lot easier to stay home. But I can't, you see? I can't stay home. I can't stay in my comfort because the Macedonian is calling. The Macedonian is calling. Come to my help. Come to my help. So I have to respond. Right? And, and, and I believe we're all in the same boat. And, and, and my calling, or what I wanted to share today, is, is that I, I believe that as a church, God wants to do so much. But the church is not a name, the church is not a building, the church is me and you. Me and you. So, my challenge for you, as I'm stepping on your toes, I'm saying, guys, I want you to jump on board. I want you to buy in in the vision of the house. I want you to realize that God has called you maybe to go. I'm talking to a selected few here. Some of you, you've put your call on the back seat or on the shelf. I think it's time to dust it off. Might be fears and, and hurts. God can strengthen you and heal your heart. I believe there's a next generation here that God wants you to, raise, to, to stand. And I was a teenager, timid like nobody, because not able to look at the, a girl in the eyes. 
so timid. The only thing I wanted to do was to go fishing and hunting and be in the bush. God took, grabbed my heart as a teenager. I saw my parents that could not hear any messages in French. So I said, I'm going to go and be a pastor so I can preach to my parents. Rock my life. Change me as a teenager. You might be here and you, you, you look at yourself and you say, well, I, I'm not gifted. It's not about gifting. And I said that so many times. It's all about availability. And God will multiply and do so much. There's some of you, you're a little more advanced in age, but you did well in business. God wants to use that for that, to see the next generation being trained. There's some of you that are, you're, you, like I said, you're married now and you have kids and you think you've settled, but you know in your heart, ah, you know in your heart, there's something more. That's why I'm here. <laughs> This is why I'm doing this. Because God is poking at your heart. Some of you, you can't go because of your health. But boy, you can invest in the next generation. You can encourage others. You can serve. You can minister. You can greet. You can love on people so that they can run. I, I think I shared that in the past. And I've got a few minutes. So I'm going to share that. I remember going to a pastor's conference. And the pastor did one of the most weird things I've ever seen before, the, uh, the conference pastor. He said, how many of you are able to run? So lots of pastors had their hands up. And he said, if you are able to run, it was a big auditorium. It was a huge church. It was a crazy big church. He said, if you're willing, you're able to run, I want you to come in the aisles and run around the sanctuary. So everybody looked at each other. Is he serious, right? And so... So I was able to run, so I went on, and I started to run, and there was a lot of pastors running with me, and we looked like idiots, but it was kind of funny. So we're running, then I realized there was a lot of seasoned pastors that were just on the edge, and they couldn't run, and they were cheering us on. It's a picture that I never forgot. It doesn't matter if you're able to run or not, you can bring something to the table. But what I convey today is a vision. It's a vision that God is calling us to rise up and to realize there's a calling upon our lives to raise up leaders, to invest in this, and to send leaders and to see pulpits be filled. And more than that, you know, it's way bigger than that. But just the empty pulpit shows of the crisis that we are in. Revival is coming. And that all this is to wake us up to his call. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.